You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Well, Adam Ronis, I got to tell you a story. It was this morning, and I was on the clock because when I woke up, my picks were up there in the Scott Fishbowl. Number nine, SFB number nine. So here was my choice, Ronis. I could have taken Vance McDonald, who I like this year, and I have Ben Roethlisberger, or I could have taken Mike Williams, but I already have Keenan Allen. And tight ends are, I like the position, but Mike Williams is my guy. So I'm on the clock. What would I have done? You probably went Mike Williams. I took Mike Williams. I know. <laughs> <laughs> ten times out of ten, I take Mike Williams. I think uh, let's safe to say, well, it was true last year. Full time fantasy was all in on Mike Williams last year. I think it's safe to say we are again because I also have him, and I believe Scott Atkins has him too. Yeah, you know, to me, and and I really did consider this because I like McDonald, and it's hard to to find a tight end that you like because I know the drop off. He will not be there on the way out. I know that on the way back, I will not get him. It's over. But I just felt like when you get, and I want people out there to think about this, that I know positions are important, but I always take the player first, and then I'll worry about the position later. Yeah, I think you have to do that, and that's what this draft tends to do because of that position uh, balance of scoring. It does make you think, but I think for the most part, you just want to take the better player. And yeah, I do like McDonald at tight end. I actually just took him in a best ball draft, but... You know, Williams just has tremendous upside. Uh, we saw how good he could be last year. And, yeah, it's going to be difficult to repeat those touchdowns because he did it on limited targets. But he's just a freak, man. I mean, he's big. Rivers loves throwing the ball downfield. We've seen that over the years. And, yeah, uh, the targets are going to grow for Williams, too. He has to get more. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, one of the reasons why I do like Hunter Henry to also have a breakout is there's not a lot of mouths there. It's And those are offenses you love in fantasy. You know where the ball is going. There's so many offenses, especially now with so many receivers where you're like, okay, yeah, this second receiver could break out, but there's this guy, this guy, and this guy. Look at the Chargers' depth chart. It's Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Travis Benjamin's not going to get a ton of targets, and their third and fourth receivers are you know, low names that are just not going to get in the mix much. Yeah, the running backs will catch passes, Eckler, Gordon, but uh, I, I like that Chargers offense and the way that tree of targets is kind of minimal. And I want to get to just the concept of the, of the Chargers offense in general. I think, you know, we talked about this yesterday uh, when I was choosing between Chris Godwin and Kenny Galladay. I love Kenny Galladay. I, I, I like Kenny Galladay. I mean, I don't remember anybody being on him as much as I was when he, when he first was a rookie. But I want better offenses. And I think buying into the Chargers, you know you're getting Phillip Rivers. You know you're getting a high-octane offense. I never have to look at the scoreboard every week during football season and wonder whether the Chargers are going to get 20 points because they usually do. Yeah, no, it is one of the better offenses for sure. They move the football, and we've seen consistent production from Keenan Allen whenever he's healthy. Hunter Henry obviously has had the injuries, and we saw a glimpse of how dominant Williams could be last year as a rookie. So here's where I am now, and I was a little shocked with my team, Ronas. So this morning, 
I needed that second quarterback desperately because the last go-around was brutal for me. I lost everybody. I took Ben Roethlisberger, but then I literally watched guys go right and left. So Jameis went, Cousins went, Brady went, Trubisky went, Lamar Jackson went, Jared Goff went, Dak Prescott went, Phillip Rivers went, Jimmy Garoppolo went, even Sam Darnold went, Ronas. So I was literally at desperate times. And Josh Allen made it to me at the last pick of round seven. Why do you think Allen lasted that long? Because he, for the last six games of last year, he was pretty darn good. Yeah, I think you actually got pretty fortunate there. When you see that pool of quarterbacks go, uh, you you know tend to crap your pants. And uh, for Allen to last, <laughs> I'd feel pretty good about that. For me to wait and get him, look... I guess there's questions of whether, you know, he can improve it all as a passer. And a lot of those runs were not designed runs. It was him just scrambling. But, you know, there still is some potential upside there. And we know he could throw the ball deep. A lot of it is the intermediate and being accurate. But, yeah, I mean, what is what was he off the board as far as quarterbacks in your league? 20 what? 25. He was the last yeah, one, I, wasn't he? I think it worked out for you, man. It really did. Like, you didn't get stuck with the Mariota. 23. He was 23. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine, man. I think it worked out. I think I got lucky because, you know, the crazy thing was I was all ready to take Sam Darnold. I had already thought in my mind, I'm like, all right, because we talked about it yesterday. I'll take Darnold. It's not so bad. I can live with it. I looked at Allen as a gift. I think it was in that spot uh, because you see that run of quarterbacks, and uh, I wouldn't have thought that he would make it back. And, yeah, look, it's it's possible that he's not that good this year, but uh, if he can continue to run like he did, uh, especially with the bonuses here, it's just going to be a, a nice boost. So my team as of now is Roethlisberger and Allen. I think I can live with that. Le- Le'Veon Bell, Derrick Henry. And then the receivers are Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Chris, Chris Godwin, and Mike Williams. Yeah, man. I mean, two, uh, two guys I love there with Godwin and Mike Williams. Uh, it's, that's a, a nice receiver with Adams and Allen. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, that's a nice pair. That's a nice pair, right? So now I, I need to find that running back. And here's the question in this league. Do we go back to another quarterback here? Maybe the next round. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a Mariota. Maybe there's Dwayne Haskins. Or do you just let it go and you say, look, I got two guys and I'll, have to, I'll just get their backups? Yeah, it's a kind of a debate here. The thing is, we start 11 players. So if you're taking your third quarterback in the first 11 rounds, you're bypassing a starting position. And you could say, well, at least I get a third quarterback who has the job for the bye weeks in case of injury. And the other hand, you go, well, there's still some good players out there that I want in my starting lineup. So uh, that's the decision you have to make. I'm about to make that decision. And right now I'm I'm leaning towards passing on the third quarterback. Who, who, who's, who are the options for you? Uh, let's see. So I just made a pick. So the guy on the turn has to pick two, and then it's back to me. Uh, oh, right wait, wait, hold, who was your pick? Who was your pick? Let me, don't tell me your pick. Give me some options. I like guessing your pick. Uh, for round 10? Yeah. Okay, there was uh, – actually, uh, I can't – well, I don't know who's – let me see. Look quickly. Look who's on the board because uh, I don't have it open in front of me. Uh, it would be Golden Tate. Mm-hmm. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, Jerick McKinnon, Kiki QT, Deion Lewis, Jordan Howard. You took Kiki QT. Kiki QT? Uh, D.D. Westbrook. Oh, all right, let's talk about that. All right, Kiki QT versus D.D. Westbrook. Who would we take when we return right after this?
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, we're back with full-time fantasy. Dr. Roto along with Adam Ronas. And remember, join full-time fantasy. Enter the promo code ROTO50 or Ronas50, and we'll give you 50% off your first two months when you join. Can't get a better deal than that. So before we left, Adam said he was on the clock, and he had to choose between a bunch of guys. And I named Kiki Kuti, and he named D.D. Westbrook. So Kiki D.D., like the names... I think the only difference for me here, Adam, I think I trust Kuti more because I like the offense better. I just don't – I don't sleep well at night trusting Jacksonville. Yeah, I think, though, Nick Foles coming in there will help the offense. We know how brutal Bortles was, and I think Westbrook's the, the number one in this offense. So I think it will improve, especially with Foles there. Uh, I do like Kiki. I actually – I'm considering him if he makes it back. You know, the question with him, we kind of went over this last week, is, you know, if all three of Hopkins, Fuller, and Kiki are on the field, uh, you know, I don't see all three going off every week. I just don't think it's possible. And we, we saw it when we went over it, you know. Uh, but, I mean, there are questions with Fuller's health, and there are questions with Kiki's health. So I do like him, but I just feel like uh, Westbrook is in a better spot to, to get more targets. And, We've seen Westbrook be productive before, and I think the quarterback play hurt him last year. I think Foles is an improvement. Well, I think Foles is a big improvement. I think that he may be sneakier than people think. I'll say this about Kuti. I think you're, I think you're onto something. I think Fuller, the three of them can all coexist, right? I think two can be great, not three. And we know we say, well, Fuller can get injured. But Kiki Kuti could get injured, too. That guy's got very tight hamstrings. You know, he was out for a better part of last season. He is completely a twitch type of uh, runner. What if he tweaks it again this year? I mean, he, that, he, it's not improbable to think that that could happen to him. Yeah, for sure. But, again, I, I do like him. Don't get me wrong. And I definitely want to have him on a couple of teams this year, especially where he's going. He, he has the potential to definitely – finish in the top 25 receivers in PPR formats, uh, there's no question about it. I mean, we saw Watson would consistently look for him last year and just pepper him with targets when he was on the field. No, Watson did. So, I mean, look, I, I, like, I like both players. I do. I think, you know, I've been, I'm trying to change my philosophy to just trust better offenses. But, you know, I think you're right about Foles. I think this is a very interesting year for Jacksonville. They spent a lot of money on Foles. If it's not Foles, it may be the coaching staff who needs to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Foles was so comfortable in that Eagles offense. So, so that's the one thing, too, you know. But it's better than Bortles. I mean, he just played some brutal football, man. The decision-making was so poor. And a lot's also going to depend on Fournette. I mean, he's got to stay healthy. They really rely on him a lot. But don't you think that Foles showed what he could do. You give him a good offense, he's a good player. If they're not scoring, don't you have to look at Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin and say, maybe we need to start over? 
Yeah, you can. Um, but we've also seen some players just have a comfort level in a certain offense, and when they leave that offense, they don't perform as well. We're going to find that out about Foles. I guess that's true. I mean, I never thought that I was a huge Nick Foles fan, but I think I am slowly becoming one. I, I'll tell you this, though. Without Fournette, they're in big trouble. Everybody's talking about Rykel Armstead. Is he really ready? I'm not saying I don't like the, the player. I just am not sure he's ready. Alfred Blue does nothing for me. Oh, Benny no. Cunningham, Thomas Rawls. Everything behind Fournette is a mess. Yeah, they, he is very pivotal for that team's success. You know, when you look at players and, and teams and you go, okay, what guy needs to perform in order for this team to thrive? Fournette, they are relying on heavily. All right, you mentioned D.D. Westbrook's the best receiver there. Marquise Lee, uh, normally in years past, you would consider him the number one, but I don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Where would you take Marquise Lee if at all? Very late. Uh, I mean, you know, he's flashed. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So, yeah, I don't think a lot of receivers in that on that team you can count on for fantasy. I, I'd probably put him as a wide receiver five or six, I'd say. Do you like Chris Conley or DJ Chark, or you hate them too? Uh, nah, I mean, Chark would be a real late in a deep format, I think. In a, I don't even know if is he. I'd have to look at his AP if he's even going in our 20-round drafts. I would think not. I don't think so. And there was a report that Pryor is not going to make the team. Keelan Cole, who I liked last year a lot, didn't do anything. I don't know. I, I look at this receiving core and say they need to get a lot better. Yeah, they do. There's definitely a lot of question marks there. They just don't have uh, that playmaker that you want on offense. So it's not a they very good They had one receiver. in Allen Robinson. Yeah, and they didn't want to pay him. Yeah, that's not, don't you, that's not bother you. You look at this team and you go, they're missing a, a wide receiver. Oh, they had Allen Robinson, but they let him go. Doesn't that tell you something about the management of this franchise? Uh, and look how close they were to getting to a Super Bowl. I mean, they really should have been there. You know, and they just messed up in the fourth quarter against the England, which many other teams have done. Weren't they winning that game deep into the yeah, fourth quarter? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were winning, I think, into the early fourth quarter. Yeah, I think it was like, t I was at an airport. It was like 10 minutes to go in the game, and they were still winning or something like that, and then they just blew it. Yeah, Blake New England Bortles. tends to do that to a lot of teams, man. Blake Bortles, you know where he's playing next year? Uh, where? CFL? He's, he's Jared Goff's backup. He oh, could okay. be running the offense of the Rams, oh, working with the great Sean McVay. You said next uh, next year, so I thought you meant after this year. Oh, <laughs> you thought he was like going to be with the uh, Edmonton yeah, Eskimos. I thought, you, I thought you were like predicting, <laughs> okay, where is he going to be after this year? Well, you know, is there any way that he goes to Sean McVay and actually learns how to, how to be a better quarterback, or do you think he just sucks? Because I think he just sucks. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's possible we'll really see McVay put to the test now because, you know, he he's done a lot for Goff. He calls a lot of those plays. There was a lot of talk that teams started to uh, w uh, wind down the clock. So, you know, the helmet shut off with the plays calls and Goff struggled with that. So uh, maybe maybe it's possible, but I don't think the Rams want to see that this year. Doesn't it worry that Goff went to Cal Berkeley, but yet he can't call his own play when the helmet, the helmet mic shuts off? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the guy went to Harvard or Stanford and he can't do all his play. Well, I mean, well, let me ask you that. Don't you think if the coach is so busy always telling the player what to do, what to do, what to do, what to do, and then the, player, the coach is not there, maybe the player just has no idea. 
Yeah, he's so used to getting the specific instructions on what to do that they're just not used to improvising. Yeah, I would think that there's something to be said about that. I think that that takes time in this league. When I think of Philip Rivers, when I think of Ben Roethlisberger, I think of Ben Roethlisberger working with Bruce Arians and probably being told what to do. And then after Arians left, Ben knew what to do. Yeah, there's certain quarterbacks you know that they, they can do it, and a lot of them want to. Uh, with Goff, we really haven't seen it yet. I want to see like a Sam Darnold this year or Josh Allen. I want to see those guys do it for themselves. I think Sam Darnold's a really good athlete, Adam. I think he could be a, a special quarterback if the Jets just allow him to be. Yeah, we saw flashes last year, especially towards the end of the season, and you add Le'Veon Bell to that offense. You know, Obviously a great receiver in the passing game. The development of Robbie Anderson. You bring in Jamison Crowder. We've heard glowing reports on him. I mean, for him, it's just staying healthy. That's been the biggest problem is he's not been able to stay on the field. Quincy Inua, Chris Herndon, a tight end. So there are some weapons there. So, yeah, I think uh, Darnold is intriguing this year. Do, you know, if you do wait on the quarterback, as we discussed in this super flex format, uh, he's fine, I think, as a QB, too. Do you think Adam Gase can re- re- allow Darnold to be himself? Do you think that – I mean, because Gase had a lot of success with Peyton Manning. But Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning. And he didn't right. tell Peyton Manning what to do. is a big difference. Yeah, I don't think you can give – coach credit for Peyton Manning we know how sharp he is and what he does so look that's the big question we're gonna really find out about Gase because you can't be enamored with what you saw him doing in Miami no I don't think he taught anything real quick who do you think Le'Veon Bell's backup is is it Ty Montgomery is it Bilal Powell is Elijah McGuire who do you think the backup is there I think they would split it I don't think it would be one guy that you see there. I think you'd see McGuire, Montgomery, and Powell in the mix. I think you'd see all three of them. Interesting. All right. There was a running back who was signed. He's probably a late third, early fourth round pick. Do we like him? Who is this guy? We'll let you know when full-time fantasy returns right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, Adam, if you're serious about fantasy football, and I know you are, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season, and Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package found only at rotoexperts.com. All right, Ronas, we talked about this guy earlier this week. He's officially signed after it took a little, uh, you know, they, a little disagreement there between all parties. But Josh Jacobs is now signed to a four-year deal. And he will be the starting running back for the Oakland Raiders. I like him. 
I just don't know if I love him. I'm not convinced yet. Yeah, I'm not sure either because it, we've seen different reports. When Gruden drafted him, he said, this guy's a three-down back. Get ready. You know, be prepared. We're going to work you. And then I saw the report last night uh, from Michael Gilkin, who uh, covers the Raiders, who said he's probably not going to be a third down back yet. So I don't know if that's information that he got. Is he speculating? Because, you know, a lot of times you don't see any quotes from coaches. So that's the one question. If he's a three down back, yeah, of course you're going to like him. But if he's going to lose a lot of passing down work to Jalen Richard, who we know can be good in the passing game, uh, then, you know, it does ding him a little bit. So he wrote, this is what he wrote. The team believes he possesses the skill to set skill set to handle a three-down workhorse role, although that won't necessarily surface at his career's onset given the veteran depth at the position. Jalen Richard, for example, should see substantial work in the passing game. So I don't know. I mean, what does that mean? You know, is that some information that he has or is he just speculating? I find that to be a very accurate assessment of the situation. I think Jalen Rashard is very good in the passing game. I think he knows how to – he can catch passes out of the backfield. He can block well enough. He's reliable in pass protection. I think there's something about that, and Josh Jacobs has to learn those things at the NFL level. So while I don't feel that he's an immediate take-him-off-the-field kind of guy, I think he's a guy that you slowly work into the three-down role because you have Rashard. If they didn't have Rashard, maybe he'd be out there more often. But why push the envelope if you don't need to? Yeah, and so that's really going to determine a lot of his status. And, you know, you do have to pay a, a third-round pick for him. He went in the second round of my FSGA draft. So Yeah, that's, that's insanity. High, that's, that's a high price to, price to pay for him. So, um He's a third-round pick in Vegas, but I'm just telling you, I don't think I'm making that pick. But I could imagine whether I'm pick 10, 11, or 12, I believe the pick is coming down to, like, Julian Edelman, Josh Jacobs, guys like that. Yeah, I think doesn't it also depend on how you start your draft? So, for example, if you're picking late in the first round and you happen to start two receivers, are you more apt to take Jacobs end of round three? Because you already no. have two receivers? No. I know that would make one. sense. I know that would make sense, but no. I think I'd rather have Edelman as my three. I'd rather go Julio, Juju, Edelman. Yeah, that's and ridiculous. Then, and just right, figure that, out your running backs. Right. I'll figure it out because I just don't trust Jacobs enough. And when they get by the goal line, is he that good? Are they going to get by the goal line that much? How bad is this team going to be? I don't want questions for my number one guy. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I, that's why I have yet to take him. Uh so I'm on the clock right now. Ronus OTC. So the, the after I took D.D. Uh, Westbrook, the team on the turn took Marcus Mariota and Ronald Jones. So I hate that pick, by the way. I hate the Ronald Jones pick. I hate it. So who do you? So what happens in Tampa? You think it's Peyton Barber again? I think Jones can't last a season without doing something wrong. So I think off that the they'll field be or Yeah, both off, off and on, really? off and on. Yeah, off and on. I think whether he makes a fumble in the fourth quarter, he misses uh, pass protection, he does something at a club in Tampa, something will go amiss within 16 games. Barber's steady Eddie. Like, I don't like the guy, but you know what you're getting with Peyton Barber, and there's something about that that I think Bruce Arians is going to find comfort with. And then I think this kid, Bruce Anderson, will, can ball, but he's not going to get any chance to play until they actually, uh, maximize what they can get from Ryan. Ronald Jones. Yeah, and but he he's a, a good stash late. Like in this draft, 22 right. rounds, I think he's a good name to, to draft late. Tuck on your back. Yeah. 
Round 17, 18? I love them. But so who are your choices? Okay, well, I could go third quarterback, and the quarterbacks are Dalton, Eli, Flacco, Fitzpatrick, Keenum, Carr. Uh, I don't hate I don't hate the Carr or Dalton there. I know you hate Carr, but Dalton, I, I don't hate them. Go ahead. What else the, you got? The, the, re, the reason why it's tough is that we're in the 11th round, so this is a starting player. Um, and right, but, remember, but, but those guys are startable. Right, but – but they're not going to – assuming my two quarterbacks I have already play like I expect, I don't expect to be using that third quarterback. I know, but – So basically really... I'm taking a bench guy. Now, it is round 11 where I can come back and get someone else. But You're Adam Ronas. You will get somebody. But just ask yourself this question. If one of your quarterbacks gets injured, are you done? No, because it's a super flex league. I don't have to start a quarterback. I mean, will it hurt me? Sure, because uh, other people were getting more. But, I mean, I think it's still possible, and uh, maybe I get a third quarterback later that does start or someone gets hurt and I get him off the waivers. I mean, All right, I'm, I like Carr Car and Dalton, right? Who's, who's the best running backs? Uh, according to the Q, Jordan Howard, LaShawn McCoy, Naheem Hines, Adrian Peterson, Peyton Barber, Deion Lewis, Eckler. I hate I just, it all. I, I mean, that, all. that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I like them as stashes, but this is for my starting spot. Is, I don't want to start. Those is guys. Ito Smith there? He's there. He's there. He's in. I like him too. maybe more. Yeah, I, I like think him he more might than those make guys. it back. Okay. I think he might. Who's the best receiver on the board? Uh, there's Kiki, Fitzgerald, Tate. I'm not touching Emmanuel Sanders this year. James Washington, John Brown, Allison. No. Oh, Allison's it. Allison's interesting. He is. He's interesting. I don't think Valdez Scantling is the number two there. I think Allison is definitely the number two there. Who's the best tight end on the board? Uh, Greg Olson, Ooh. Burton, Eifert, Graham, Witten, Doyle, Goddard, Waller. And you have Hunter Henry. Yeah. So I don't need one here. Yeah, I'm leaning QT. I think Q- QT is the best player you named or I can see going Dalton if you just wanted the third guy. But that's not your style. Yeah, it's really not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nobody takes Andy Dalton because they want to. You're like, Ugh. It's not. But re- look, it makes sense. It's not a bad pick at all. If you want that safety and, you know, if Winston struggles and gets benched. Most uh, people would make that. De- honestly, I really think if you put 10 people in a lineup, seven people would take Andy Dalton. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, yeah. Not that it's a, the ba- a bad move or the wrong move. I'm just saying I think most people would, would panic in a two-quarterback league, which this really is. They'd want to have the third guy just in case. Or you get the you know potential breakout ability right. of, a, of a, a QT. I would take QT because I like, I mean, if Fuller should get hurt or if Hopkins should get hurt, would we argue he's a top 20 receiver? No, I don't think we would. I think we'd all say, Fact. yeah, he can get yeah, it done. Because right. he's going so to right. get the volume, no doubt about it. So at worst case, at worst case, he's four catches a game. And at best case, he's six to seven a game. And possibly higher. I mean, right. Allison's not bad either, you know, if you think he's the number two. I mean, number two in Green Bay is very valuable. Don't you think he's better? Didn't they have a report out on recently that he's playing in the slot? Yes. Yeah. But we've also heard good reports about Valdez Scantling, too. I don't think that guy is as good. I think Allison is the better player. I really do. Valdez Scantling's okay. I don't think he has the command of the route tree yet like Allison does. 
He was a rookie last year, though, too. And then we saw those reports about Aaron Rodgers not looking at him. And uh, that's the other thing, too, at Rodgers. It doesn't seem like he's loving the new coaching staff either. Like, he's never happy with anything. Uh. But can you know, can I be honest with you? I have no problem with what with that. And here's why. I believe if I had Kobe Bryant or LeBron James on my team, right, I would, con- I would absolutely contact them first and say, I'm thinking of hiring X. What do you think? I don't think Aaron Rodgers was consulted here, and I think it's a problem. He is your entire franchise, and I'm not saying he should make the final call about Matt LaFleur, but I think he should be involved in the discussion, don't you? Yeah. No, I think for sure. You, you want to make sure that guy is happy. I mean, yeah. he's, he's very important to what you do. I'm telling you, I, I truly believe this is going to happen. I, I, Ronas, I'm betting money on this right now in Vegas. LaFleur is going to call a play. Rogers is going to get in the huddle. He's not going to like that play. He's going to call his own, and then they're going to get on the sideline, and then LaFleur is going to say something, and Rogers is going to either A, say something back, or he's just going to walk away. And once that happens, it's over. It's over. Yeah, that, that certainly could happen. you got to trust. See, that's why a Bruce Arians is worth everything. Because when Bruce Arians tells you to go with this play, I think players trust him. You think Rogers trusts LaFleur yet? No. Right. Yeah, you got me thinking about Dalton. No, I hate you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Dalton is safe as crap. He, you know what he's going to do. They're not replacing him. New offense. Look, he's he's just he's like going to, he's like going to Baskin Robbins and ordering vanilla. That's vanilla's Andy not bad. Well, I mean, chocolate's no. <laughs> way better, but I'm just saying it. It's, it's not vanilla. Bad. It's vanilla, right? It's vanilla. It's not Rocky Road. It's not Fudge Ripple. It's not Tutti Fruity. It's vanilla. There's something about vanilla that's safe, Ronus. Yeah, I, I tend never to draft that third quarterback early, which maybe you're an, some... you're an ebony tower guy, Ronus. You're not an ivory tower guy. That is true. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> not, and he's a redhead too. You know. Yeah, he's a ginger. This is this goes against everything you stand for, Adam. Uh man, I, nah, I think I have to stick. He is safe. What do you think of Larry Fitzgerald this year? I don't want any part of him. I, I don't either. We said that last year, though. He was pretty good. <laughs> I could be wrong. I just don't want any part of him. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, the John Deere Classic with Jeff Bergerson, who will be joining us when we return right after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, we're back. We're full-time fantasy. I'm Dr. Roto, and you know I love this segment. It's the PGA DFS segment with my friend Jeff Bergeson from FantasyGolfInsider.com. Jeff, I want to talk about last week's 3M Open. You were there. You saw these guys up close. Tell me who the good guys were and then maybe who the, guy, the, the, the good guys weren't. Like the good guys as in good golfers or just nice guys? Nice guys, like good guys, good people. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I bumped into Patton Kazire. That guy was awesome. Jimmy Walker was very pleasant. Um, I, I got to go down to the Pro-Am on Wednesday, and the players are always way more accessible. You know, they're willing to chat with you, sign the kids' autographs, take, take, take pictures. So 
I really got to talk to everybody, you know, Jason Day, Patrick Reed, uh, DeChambeau, all the big guys, too. So it was a great tournament, and, and how it turned out at the end just made it that much better. Now, I always ask this question, was there any guy maybe who wasn't nice to the kids or who wasn't the friendliest? Because this way we could bash him on national radio. You know, um, Bud Colley wasn't the most friendly chap ever. <laughs> uh, he just didn't seem real interested. Um, Kevin Na was actually really nice, and it's funny. Uh, I told him he was on our fantasy team that week, which was which was a lie, but um, <laughs> he, he, he kind of liked that. But then he ended up withdrawing, so I'm glad he wasn't. Oh, yeah. You know I don't play Kevin Na, but by the way, getting to that tournament, that was one of the most fun weekends of golf I think I've ever seen. Matthew Wolf has the weirdest swing, but he was dead on, and Morikawa and Bryson. I mean, this is golf has a, a great future ahead of it. It really does. Uh, it was just a fabulous tournament overall. They did a great job with it. and. So whoever's looking for a PGA event to come to, including you, Doc, put this on your calendar next year. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that for sure. I'm circling it right now. I, re I really want to get up to that area. So let me ask you this. Guys come back next this week. I don't think Wolf can do it two weeks in a row, can he? You know, I have my doubts. We've seen historically that um, previous week's winners do tend to struggle on average. That's not always the case. But if you're going to pay that much for Matthew Wolf, which is a just a monster increase from last week, we're going to need a top five finish from him. And that's a big ask for a young guy who really hadn't done anything until last week. So, you know, I'm okay staying away from him probably. There's some options that are probably just as good right there. Um, so, yeah, it, it's tricky. I, I wouldn't uh, go with him this week. Do you feel the same way about Morikawa, considering he was right there to the last hole? Do you think he could be on a hangover, or do you think he's one of those guys who can just tough it out and have another good week? Yeah, I'm a little concerned about it, and you have to make a decision up there most likely with one of these guys. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Hovland. I like him a little bit better in the long term. Week to week, tough to predict, but um, I like him a little bit better. So I'm going with him this week, even though he's a little bit more expensive. But he didn't have the emotional letdown on Sunday, like you just said, about Morikawa. He actually charged back from back in the pack on Sunday and put up a great round, so maybe he has some momentum going. All right, two other names that I know are going to be high on people's list, Joaquin Neiman and Sunjay M. Uh, M seems due. Is this M's week? Yeah, he's been really good, and he's been good on these courses. Um, the last couple of weeks are great comp courses for this week because they're easier courses, they're bent grass, um, similar layouts. Uh, M has been scoring, so that's why I like him so much. He's been racking up the birdies. And he's added discount to those top-tier guys. So I, I like him this week. I also like Neiman, too. He's just playing from right. He had, he had an up-and-down tournament last week. He was, looked like he was going to miss the cut after the first round. He was brutal, but then just charged on Friday and came back and had a respectable finish. So uh, he's just a real good player, and I like him as well, too. Are we being forced into a Stars and Scrubs type of thing because of Hovland and Neiman and M and Morikawa and Wolf? Do we have to just get two of those guys in our lineup this week, Jeff? No, I don't think so at all. No, um, because the field is so weak, um, I think you'd be just fine with a balanced approach because you don't have guys that are most likely going to be up there, like a Rory or a Rom or something like that, where you're like, you know, one of these guys is probably going to be in the top five. I can't say that about this week's top five price guys. So I'm okay just going with a strictly balanced approach, a couple guys in the 9K range, eight, and then the high sevens. I think you can build high-quality rosters. All right, I'm going to get to John Deere in a second. You dropped Rory's name, but we're the, the, the Open Championship, a.k.a. the British Open, is next week. Are we all in on Rory playing at his home turf? 
Yeah, and I would like it actually more if he did poorly this week because that's going to that's gonna, uh, stray some owners from him for next week. If he goes out and plays amazing this week, then he is just going to be massive chalk, I'm guessing. So um, I'm kind of rooting against him this week uh, so I can load up on him uh, next week. All right, we'll definitely be talking about that next week. It's another millionaire maker, and you know we want somebody out here to win a million dollars. So when Jeff joins me next week, we'll be talking about the Open Championships. Back to the John Deere here. You mentioned the 9,000 range. Zach Johnson has a great course history. Harmon's done well. Ryan Moore's done well. Uh, Chucky Howell here. Who are some of the guys you like in the 9K range? Yeah, I, you know, I kind of like, um, well, I mean, I, mean, I mentioned him before. Zach Johnson is difficult because he has been so amazing at this tournament. His form has just really been bad this year. He's been off. He hasn't done what he normally does well, which is hit greens and putt amazing. Um, so that kind of concerns me. Um, so I'm going to steer clear of him. I kind of like Kyle Stanley at 8,800. He's coming off. He withdrew last week, but there's no injury cited. He played really well on the Sunday before. Uh, super good approach game. Hits a lot of greens and regulations, which is really a key stat this week. Be sure to look at the, those guys who have been hitting greens a lot because uh, those guys tend to do very well at John Deere. Um, I also kind of like Ryan Palmer. Uh, real up-and-down player, can score in bunches, total GPP play. I wouldn't use him in cash. Uh, but for GPP, a lot of upside there. And he also scores on par fives and has a high birdie or better percentage rate. Now, you mentioned something interesting, Jeff. I, I, I've been trying this the last few weeks. A guy who misses the cut last week, I tend to embrace the week after because it's either one of two things. Either he's sucking or maybe he just had one bad week and he, I, I lower ownership the week after. Totally agree with you. It's just regression to the mean, basically. And a perfect example of that last week was a guy named Doc Redman. And in the industry, he was just being touted up like crazy. And I was seeing this and hearing this thinking, this guy had one good finish, um, <laughs> not really an accomplished guy. Um, he's going to be owned by like 15%. He ended at like 20%, which is mind-blowing. So I just pulled the strategic fade on him. He missed the cut. But now this week, his ownership will be like under 10%, and it's a difference of one week, one missed cut. So why not go back to him? You could be double the field and own 10% and not have to risk 30 or 40% of your lineups. And he has the coolest first name in all of golf, Doc. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Just like mine. All right. As we go down here, Jeff, in the uh, high sevens, do we like J.T. Poston or Peter Malnati or Bert, your guy Burgoon or Gooch? Are any one of these guys ready to break out? Yeah, I like Burgoon quite a bit. When you look at our rolling stats tool, which captures the last four, eight, 12, 16 rounds that these guys have played, he's really standing out there. So he's trending positively as opposed to his season-long stats, which aren't that good. Um, so I like Burgoon this week. I'm okay with Malnati. Um, you know, he hasn't shown much upside, but he's making cuts. So I'm okay with him at that price. Um, who I really like is Taylor Gooch. He's right in that price range, too. Now, this guy is just an approach game assassin. And he just drills pins. And we were following him last week, and he's just uh, totally throwing darts. And I look over to Zach, and I go, how is this guy not better? And then he misses about a three-foot putt. And he looks at me, he's like, that's how. So his short game and, his short game and putting is not very good, but... Uh, on this course, that's not a bad, you know, that's not going to hurt you as much as other courses if you're, if you're striking the ball well and have your approach game going. 
You know, Jeff, I'm just going to talk about my daughter for a second. She's a, she's a good, pl- a good player, I told you. And she can get to the green maybe in two or three shots. But then most of the time, she's at least three putts, if not more. And I, go, I try to tell her that putting is so critical. You need to take your time, and you need to have good pace. And I think at the pro level, when you watched Morikawa and Wolf putt, they were so dangerously good that when Gooch is missing a three-foot putt, that's costing him a lot of money. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, you see them drop 100,000 on one stroke sometimes. Um, it just depends. Now, this is an easy putting week, I will say that. If you're on really slick greens, you know, 12 plus on the stimp meter, I'm more concerned with it. This week, these greens are super slow, easier to putt on, so it's going to level the playing field a little bit. So it's going to allow the, the worst putters a little bit better chance than they normally have this week. All right, let's get to the low 7,000. Sepp Straka, Joey Garber, Johnson Wagner. Any names there that you like? Yeah, you mentioned when Joey Garber has been playing extremely well. We followed him for quite a bit last week. He's kind of a Tommy Fleetwood lookalike. He's got the long locks going. Uh, but he is playing really well, trending very good. A great approach game going. Doing everything kind of well um, recently. So I like him a lot. I'm okay with Sepp Straka. Last week I faded him because I felt his ownership would be too high. But... With the missed cut, I think it'll be probably back down around 5%, so I'm okay owning him as well. Um, let me see who else is down in that range. There's a couple other guys. like Well, Denny McCarthy's at 7,500. I kind of like him this week. Um, Hank Lebiota at 7,100. You could take a shot on him as well. All right, when we get to the 7,000 range, I mean, you've got guys like Andres Romero, and you've got Zach Susher, who was pretty good, Streb. Are, do I want to go below 7,000, or do I want to really avoid that? You know, you, yeah, I, there's about a handful of guys that I have exposure to, no more than like 5 or 6% to any of them, because the, the chance that they blow the cut is really high to give you that price savings that might not really mean a whole heck of a lot since the upper tier is rookies rather than, you know, top tier guys in the world. So I don't like the idea of having a ton of exposure in the 6K range this week, especially when there's a lot of high quality guys in that 7K range. All right, Jeff, there's a couple of guys, and I know maybe I'm sure you know Go Sixers Go. There are a lot of players who consistently do very well in, in PGA DFS such as yourself. What do you think the, the, the knack is to it? Are they playing 150 lineups, or are they just that good at understanding the, the statistics? Um, they're doing exactly what you should be doing, and that's what we preach to our members, is building a solid core of players. If I, Doc, if I knew what six guys were going to be the best six guys, I'd be on an island somewhere. I can't do it, and no one else can from week to week. What we're doing is taking probabilities of guys, grouping them together. So if you're building, let's say, 20 lineups, have 15 guys and build those 20 lineups around those 15 guys. The big mistake that I see a lot of people make and unsuccessful players is they're owning every, too many guys. They're spread all over the place. They're getting eaten up by the rake, and it's just not going to work. You know, try and hit your core, and when you do, you have multiple shots on winning, and that's what you see when the big guys hit the big one. You'll see several of their teams up there on the leaderboard. They have multiple chances of winning, just different iterations of their rosters. So next week when we do the Open Championships, do I want the same three to four guys and then rotate the other three or four around them, something like that? Yeah, absolutely. And what I would do is I would say play on an equal playing field rather than having two teams in the $44, which would cost you 88 bucks, have 150 teams in the 50 cent buy-in max it out. 
and you know really utilize your core. You have just as many teams as everyone else. The problem is with the, in that in those 150 max larger buy-ins is people are going in with one or two bullets facing guys with 150 lineups, and they're just getting kind of blasted. So I say drop down in stakes, play on an equal playing field, and give yourself the best chance you can. All right, let's get back to John Deere. Give me A, the winner, and give me the name of a guy who's going to do well that we don't know of. About a minute Sure. Um, I'm going to go with Joaquin Neiman up top. Um, you're only going to get 22 to 1, which isn't great this week, but I really think he has a legit chance at winning. A couple medium-range guys. I like Kyle Stanley. You get him at 45 to 1. Longer shots, I like Taylor Gooch at 66 to 1. And then how about Sam Ryder? 66 to 1. He's $7,500 on DraftKings. I think he's got a chance at winning because his short iron game is extremely good. And if he can get that putter hot, I think he can make a charge at the end. All right. Love having you on. Jeff Burson, good luck this week, my friend. Thanks, Doc. Same to you. All right. Great stuff as always. Check out fantasygolf.com. All right. Back with Adam Ronas talking more football right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back. Go to playffwc.com right now. Get in one of our leagues, whether it's a fantasy football world championship, the online championship, or a draft and go. Be part of what we're doing and be my rich friend one day. Maybe even come out to the Palms Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Playffwc.com. Sign up for one of our leagues right now. You know, Doc, I didn't even know. Did you know they already put up the beat Dr. Otto and Ronas? Yeah. I had no yeah. idea. There's like half filled or more than half filled. Yeah, I had no idea. The other day I went into my account to set my baseball lineups, and I'm like, what is this? Beat Ronas League? What? Yeah, it's already I, up. They didn't even say anything. I'm like, okay. I mean, look, I knew it was happening anyway. It's not like I didn't know it was going to happen. I just you know, didn't get time to promote it or anything. There's only three spots left in my league. And, and... six left in mine. Oh, is there? So there's yeah. some good players in there. Tom Northup is really good. Jerry Bryan is really good. There's a bunch of guys there. Jerry, I think, is in my league, too. Yeah. yeah. Some was guys just in, play it. Was he in ours last year, too? Yeah, Jerry plays in all of them. Did F- Big Phil get Oh, yours is a little easier, dude. Is it? Oh, come on. <laughs> yours is easy. Well, so, you know, there's many right, yellow stars. Maybe people think you're easier than me, Ronis. No, they think I'm more difficult. That's why they're not signing up. They're like, let's see, Doc or Rodas? Yeah, let me get that guy Doc. <laughs> that guy sucks at what he's doing here. Well, maybe, or I don't know. It could, it could be the day and time. I mean, yours that's is true. Friday 7, mine's Saturday. I don't know. Oh, that's true. Mine is always Friday. Mine's always Friday night at 10. Right, and mine tends to be Saturday. Yeah, that's okay. But look, I like the beat Doc or Roto draft. Did, I tell you, Did I you win other... yours last year? Not the one in Vegas, but I won two others. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I could only be in one last year because of New Jersey, and I was able to win it. Uh, your guy, Bill, 
He was close, dude. Yeah, Yeah, he was. He was close. Dude, we were like, I was sitting next to Truck and Hammer. They were picking two. I picked one, and like everything fell to Bill. We were sitting there, like, dude, this guy's gonna crush the league. What is going on? All these picks are falling in his lap. We were so pissed off. He's a good player, dude. He he, he doesn't. He doesn't look like he's a good player, but he's a really good player. How does someone look like they're a good player? I don't know. Weeks a nice guy. He doesn't have that look like you know that he's not like coming in with like pocket protectors and computers. But he's a really good player. Yeah, I, I generally do pen and paper, man. I just, I don't know. I don't use any draft software. I just take my rankings and do it like that, man. I don't know. I'm not into the draft software. I've never walked in with a computer. The only computer I use is if I'm partnering with somebody, I use their computer. I might bring it just for research, but I'm using a pen and pad crossing off names. That's, that's the, not why you're bringing it, Ronis. That's the way I like. Yeah, I know. I'm using it. Okay. <laughs> I, I just thought about that. I need a little, uh, <laughs> when I'm picking one, there's a long time between picks. That's true. All right, back for hour number two. We'll return right after this.